Welcome to the Debris. This is where we talk about what was left behind by Hurricane Katrina and the floods that followed. I'm your host, Jesse Hardman. We're coming to you from WWNO, New Orleans Public Radio. This week, we take a look at how disasters impact mental health in communities. The devastation of Hurricane Katrina and the floods is most visible in pictures of ruined houses and people's destroyed possessions lying out on city streets. But there's unseen damage that runs even deeper, the collective emotional trauma experienced by the thousands of people who lived through it. A Centers for Disease Control and Prevention survey of New Orleanians who returned to the city says 50% of respondents showed a need for mental health assistance. Another survey of families who wound up in FEMA trailers showed high rates of disability, due to depression and anxiety. No one can deny that that trauma still lives in much of our community. The 10-year anniversary, I feel, is going to trigger responses in a lot of people. Charlotte Parent is the Director of Health for the City of New Orleans. She's overseeing an effort to improve mental health services in New Orleans schools. Katrina was the catalyst for addressing mental health, But now, there's a new focus. Trauma in New Orleans is not an unusual thing. So you had the one issue of Katrina, which we're moving away from, but we still have violence. Project Fleur de Lis is an organization that provides mental health support and counseling to schools in New Orleans. It began right after Katrina as a way to bring mental health services to children who'd experienced trauma during the disaster. Beth Cooney oversees Project Fleur de Lis programs. Now we still have kids that have experienced Katrina as their main trauma. We have kids that were floating on doors in the Ninth Ward here. We hear their stories, and they'll remember they were four or five, and they remember it. And they say that was the one that, you know, they'll have tons of experiences, but they'll say that's the one that bothers them the most. But as Katrina becomes a distant memory, Project Fleur de Lis has shifted its focus to helping kids cope with violence in their communities. The traumas that we see is the loss of somebody that they love. And for them, it's, you know, my brother was shot. The community violence that we see on TV and we hear about, we treat those kids. You know, we had a parade here where there was big shooting, and, you know, we're still treating kids that were at that parade. While New Orleans took the spotlight post-Katrina, it wasn't the only part of Louisiana impacted by the storm. It arguably wasn't even the hardest hit. Next door, St. Bernard Parish was completely devastated by Katrina-related flooding. This more rural population struggled for years to get their communities back. And during that trying process, residents had to deal with the depression and mental health issues that are part and parcel of disaster recovery. Brad Anderson brings us this story of the St. Bernardians who refused to ignore the wounds Hurricane Katrina left on the psyches of their families and their neighbors. When Donna Barber evacuated her home in St. Bernard Parish with her family before Katrina, she didn't plan to stay gone. In fact, she only brought a change of clothes for two days. When we started getting the reports of the rioting in in New Orleans and stories of the water and the dead bodies and stuff like that, that just kind of flipped our worlds. I mean, we didn't have money. We didn't know what we were going to do and how we were going to survive. And we were kind of living day by day. Barbara's a longtime resident of St. Bernard. 
She's recounting what it was like to watch news coverage of Hurricane Katrina from a hotel room in Panama City, Florida. That's where she evacuated with her four children and a co-worker from a Circle K convenience store. You know, I used to have really bad headaches and I was stressed and I wasn't sleeping at night um, just because I needed to get back here and needed to figure out how to get back here. Barbara's anxiety at the time was understandable. St. Bernard was as devastated by Katrina as any community in Louisiana. New Orleans was 80% flooded, a catastrophe, but at least one with slivers of dry land from which to launch rescue and rebuilding efforts. St. Bernard, by contrast, was totaled. The floods rendered the homes of nearly every one of its 68,000 residents uninhabitable, including Barbara's trailer. It took her over a year to get back home. Returning was difficult, but living in the midst of the destruction was worse. Barbara's family ended up living in a FEMA trailer with a friend for two months. The depression was so bad, it got to the point where um, I was I was wanting, I was even contemplating suicide. Um, I, I wouldn't even want to contemplate what would have happened to my life without, without Joycelyn. Joycelyn is Joycelyn Heights, another lifelong resident of St. Bernard Parish. Like Barbara and so many of their neighbors, Heinz was displaced by Katrina, first to Kinder, Louisiana, then Picayune, Mississippi. When she finally returned to the parish two years after evacuating, she and her two daughters lived in a series of trailers. We ended up getting a camper, and we had stretched out a hose because even the camper that I got, it didn't have any hot water. So we stretched out the hose for the hot water, and we kind of grilled on a, a grill because the, the oven didn't work. But it was home. Heinz now lives in a tidy two-bedroom house with her family in Araby. So we had the trailer hooked up here. We had... Um, her husband, Lewis, mows the lawn. There's a lot more grass in her neighborhood than there used to be. Of the 22 houses on her street 10 years ago, Heinz says only five have been fully rebuilt. Flood water reached the ceiling of her house. The house down the street was actually in front of my house, so it floated down to and in the middle of the street. Heinz was working part-time at a Walmart and going to school full-time when Katrina hit. She was in the process of purchasing what's now her home, The sale was underway in the summer of 2005, but again, the storm got in the way. Katrina interrupted the paperwork, and the insurance went to the seller. So I was stuck with having a house that I couldn't even put back together. That's when um, I got with St. Bernard Project. St. Bernard Project is the nonprofit started by Zach Rosenberg and Liz McCartney, a couple who moved from Washington, D.C. to help rebuild the parish after Katrina. Powered by donors and an army of hammer-wielding volunteers, SBP, as it's known, became the go-to contractor for parish residents. The organization offered free labor and materials to those who needed it. And a lot of people did, including Heights. When the volunteers were here, a lot of times I was able to eat, at least meet with them before I went to school. And um, that gave me an opportunity to kind of share my story of what I went through. And I cried every single time and went in. I felt like that was my cleansing time. And then once I realized how much those volunteers were helping me out, I wanted to be a part of that. In 2008, Joycelyn Heinz went from being a beneficiary to an employee of SBP. Her first job was as a liaison between the charity and St. Bernard residents. Locals were comforted to find a familiar face. The SBP team was otherwise filled with outsiders. Heinz connected easily with fellow storm victims who struggled through the rebuilding process. The memories contained in their ruined houses triggered emotions they'd suppressed. Some couldn't bring themselves to move back into their houses, 
even after they were fully rebuilt. I know there were some people who moved or were about to move into their house and had trouble picking out paint colors, picking out furniture, just couldn't make decisions, <laughs> which seems really simple and not that big of a deal, but they couldn't make decisions because they couldn't finalize this house for fear that they would lose the house. And if they finalized it, then they would really kind of commit to this house. And if they committed to it and lost it, they'd have to go through that heartache once again. Dr. Michelle Moore is a clinical psychologist and clinical assistant professor of psychiatry at LSU Health Sciences Center. Dr. Moore started working with the St. Bernard Project in 2009. Heinz, with the help of Moore and others, created the Center for Wellness and Mental Health, a partnership between SBP and LSU. It provided a variety of free mental health services. That included therapy from trained clinicians like Dr. Moore. Joycelyn didn't have any mental health experience. She'll be the first to tell you. I didn't know anything about, you know, what mental health treatment was or what went into that. But she learned about it along the way, you know, and she understood kind of confidentiality and privacy and, you know, um, how to treat patients when they walked in. And again, Heinz is from St. Bernard, and she herself was still finding her way after the storm. A lot of people were still experiencing widespread emotional distress. Heinz says many were too proud to accept help. People would say that, you know, we don't, we don't need mental health. If we can't deal with it ourselves, there's a bridge and on St. Claude, and there's a bridge on Paris Road. You know, it's just more of we either handle it on our own or we'll do what we have to do. So, yeah, when it came time to seeing that they're going to take suicide over getting help, then that's a big issue. Katrina, she knocked us down harder than the water came and destroyed just stuff mentally. We, we had no way of, of getting around it, understanding. Who do you blame? Well, you know, whose fault is this? Elizabeth Mahoney lives in Violet, a quiet town deep in the parish. Her story is well known in the community. In January of 2009, in this home, uh, my husband of 15 years shot me in the face three times and killed my 18-year-old daughter. She died that day. Mahoney tracks her husband's decline to when they were stuck in Atlanta during Katrina. The experimental kidney medication he was taking was unavailable for months. She says his physical and mental health deteriorated as a result. And his moods and his behaviors started to become very, very erratic. So by the time we got home in November and got back to Ashna and everything, um, damage had been done. And he just never got, got better. I, I watched him change. Mahoney's face had to be surgically reconstructed after being shot by her husband. She enlisted St. Bernard Project's help to repair her bullet-riddled home and she visited the mental health clinic to try to repair herself. She went to the center without an appointment and sat, mostly silent, with Heinz. We sat there for a whole week, and I never saw a counselor. I never registered. I never did anything. And at, any, at no point did she ever say, you can't come here without being a part of, of this. In 2010... The center received a grant to hire a team of peer listeners, and Mahoney signed up to be one of these citizen shrinks. 
regular St. Bernardians trained by licensed clinicians to go door to door and identify other locals who needed the clinic's services. And once those people got to know us and to trust us, they would tell their family members to call us, and then we'd put them in touch with the clinic. Everything that we did as peer counselors was geared to helping people to break down that stigma that there was nothing wrong with getting mental health uh, counseling. There was nothing wrong with admitting that you cannot do this by yourself. Funding for the Wellness Center ran out at the end of 2012. Other options for mental health care have emerged in St. Bernard since then. But Heinz says she's still regularly approached by people who would benefit from the Wellness Center. As another Katrina anniversary approaches, she worries about her neighbors. How many times have I shared my story and certain things that come up will still impact me? And I'm sitting there saying I'm a pretty strong person. But there's things that somebody may bring up that just, you know, gets me off. And I'll start, you know, getting emotional. Could you imagine somebody that has held their story in or probably had somebody pass and look back at that? You know, it was like my life before Katrina. That was reporter Brett Anderson in St. Bernard Parish. St. Bernard Project is an ongoing concern. It opened outposts in the coastal areas hit by Hurricane Sandy in the northeast, and the organization has spread locally into Orleans Parish. And that's a wrap on this edition of The Debris. You can find our podcast every week through the end of August on iTunes, Or use the podcast app on your smartphone. Just search for WWNO and Katrina, The Debris. The executive producer of The Debris is Eve Tro. Our producer is Kate Richardson. Digital director is Jason Saul. Paul Mawson is general manager of WWNO. Special thanks this week to Janet Wilson and Lane Kaplan-Levinson. Katrina, The Debris is produced right here in New Orleans. If you like it, want to hear more, consider supporting New Orleans Public Radio. You can do that at wwno.org. Support also comes from Dirty Coast Press. Learn more about their locally designed and produced products at dirtycoast.com. I'm your host, Jesse Hardman. Until next time, be well, be good, be safe, and thanks. Thanks.